Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. I'll be hosting this episode. I'm a software developer and tech leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Web3 and virtual reality are my current time suck, and I am passionate about technology and entrepreneurship. As the founder and CTO of New Idea Machine, giving back to the community is important to me. I am always available to offer advice on technology and business. Lend your ear and get inspired by my remarkable guest, Katerina Sterlina. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Uh, Today, my special guest is Katerina Sterlina. Hi, Katerina. How are you today? Hello. Hello. Good morning. I'm very good. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So I like to, I like to start out my podcast about talking about the person. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about your background and your history. So can you tell us, because people can probably tell from your accent that you are from another country. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe you could give us a little bit of background on Mm -hmm. kind of where you're from and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, Originally, I was uh, born and raised in Siberia. It's north of Russia. I moved to Canada 10 and a half years ago with my son. He was five years old that time. So yeah, we had opportunity to come here and start new life. So over 10 years living in Canada, I tried to find myself like every new immigrant, especially single mom. So you kind of looking for opportunities. It was very challenging for me as many, many people here know uh, what I'm talking about. So it's a language barrier. It's no Canadian experience and it's all together. And I came in a pretty mature age. So not like a student or a child. So I had to take responsibilities for my life and life of my son right away. And um, yeah, it was hard time for me mentally and physically. I was confused many times, depressed and cried and wanted to go back. And I knew this country um, like a hundred years ago country. Um, with lots of opportunities for immigrants still. Um, and it's better place for my son, of course. So yeah, so I changed many professions here. I work and, uh, in sales a lot and in, um, even, uh, in the safety as a safety, um, uh, on a plant for shutdown just to make money and make sure I provide for my son. So I work in a really hard environment, 86 hours a week. Wow. So yeah, I know what hard work is. Um, originally, my education is a journalism, actually, and public relations specialist. I work uh, when I was 17 in radio station. After that, I work a little bit on local television, um, new newspapers, magazines, I print, um, my, they print my articles and why not? And yeah, I did some marketing work and managed restaurant. Like I did many things in my life. So management more close to me because I love working with people. I like things done. 
I like to plan. I like make businesses successful and people successful and, you know, uh, bring some value to the world. So now I, uh, again, in a new life, um, transitioning from another field to new field. And that's, um, another challenge, uh, for me. So. Once in a while, I like to change my life completely, I guess. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life, isn't it? <laughs> That's me. I'm, I'm such a, you know, I, I kind of introvert, but I'm, I was thinking lately, I'm like, I'm a little bit too active for introverts. <laughs> like maybe I'm changing my personality as well. Hey, changing <laughs> you know? because you, because it works. It's, it's something you, you end up kind of figuring it out. And I know you were mentioning that you were on. Uh, just recently on another show where you were talking about um, or an event where you were talking about being um, a networker and you've certainly earned the chops as a networker. And that's really, really cool. Um, and you also had a little bit of a modeling career there as well. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a big part of my life in Canada. It was a miracle for me. I did some modeling in Russia before but not professionally here, I um, somehow it f that, that destiny found me itself. So I started to work with uh, just a group of people, photographer, makeup artists. We were shooting every week for content and some other projects. I was pretty successful. And I was already that time 36 or 35. Like it's kind of uh, grandmother of modeling, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I was pretty successful for, for, for that age, which is weird. And, um, I was actually discovered by a professional boutique international modeling agent through Instagram. And they offer me a uh, professional training. It was close training with a world famous model, Coco Rocha. Oh, wow. She came to Canada and only 26 girls over Canada was selected and they selected me. So I trained with Kokorosh. She trained me uh, and other girls for a week. And after that, that agency actually offered me a two-year contract. Uh, so I worked for Hudson's Bay Runways and we did some uh, beauty salon and e-commerce, catalogs, all those things. I Oh, wow. I work and actually it helped me to roll through COVID as well. So my agent, I loved her because she always would give a job and I was paid. So it was nice. That's awesome. Experience. And so uh you know, and you had you had mentioned that you have uh, a son who's been with you uh along the way. And what's what's uh what's it been like? being a single mom, trying to do all the stuff that you've been doing. I mean, that must, must have been really difficult. I had very difficult time because I have no family here. And um, I remember, I, I, you know, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> you know, seriously, I started to think now and I'm like, I have no clue how I survived. I remember I was paying my friend to pick up my son from school because I just was at work. She would keep him at her place for a couple hours. I would run from work to pick him up. I remember the hardest time. Actually, my mom came here uh, once and she helped me for a few months when I went in the north working on the plant as a safety. That was the hardest time because my mom doesn't speak English. My son doesn't speak Russian. 
I'm away. Oh. Um, you know, she couldn't drive here. Like it was a bit challenging. And I remember I worked 14, like 16 hours a day. And it was like October, November, it's cold. And I remember after such long day, I would go to parking lot to my car, everything dark. I'm kind of tired, kind of hungry. <laughs> and I would sit on parking lot like 10 p.m. on video call with my son and mom, helping them with homework for school the next day. And only after that, I would drive a place I rented there. I was in Redwater. I work in the Redwater and I lived in Forces Catch once. So I rented their place and I would just be like a machine. So you don't feel any feelings like it's really, you can turn your brain to protect you from stress. It's kind of turned off. So you kind of never hungry, never tired. So there is no reason to complain, right? So just do what you have to do for, and I had no days off because I came there to make money. I didn't come there to build career, make friends have fun, right? I came there. I knew I need money. I had no choice. I had the opportunity to jump in to shut down just to work there. And I was like military woman there to be honest. I felt that way. And it actually was crazy, incredibly crazy, amazing, you wow. know. <laughs> because I it's such a hard, but I kind of love that pressure. I always work better when I'm almost dead, you know? (laughs) It's like, it's like I need sometimes to go through such high pressure when I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, don't die, don't die, don't die. And I don't die. So (laughs) yeah, that's that's how I manage with my son. I tried to navigate, manipulate everything I could, like in circles. I would... um, as a circus with one artist, you know, you do everything. And I'm so thankful to all people on my way who one way or another helped me with all I was going through. Now my son is 15, I'm a 16, fully independent. He knows now how I'm busy. He knows I come tired. He knows I'm building big business right now. So now I see the dishes washed. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that, awesome. Yeah, like, uh, you know, food is okay. I'm like, find something in the fridge. Some days I do that. I'm like, you know, I just have to make sure something in the fridge you could find. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy oh. now. He's a big helper, big supporter for me. I'm a happy mom. Yeah, now, oh. now I can dedicate myself to my job, to people to communities now i'm free i feel strong and i have my son as a big support and my cat as well <laughs> they support me <laughs> it's good to have that cat support <laughs> cat support for a single lady yes <laughs> it's like all like from memes you know i'm like yeah i need uh, i need just to buy 39 more cats and i'm good <laughs> <laughs> then you could be the crazy cat lady yeah, with 39 yeah cats. absolutely i just have to make sure i make enough money to feed them all <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so let's talk about um this this that you've landed into a uh, an entrepreneurship role ah, yeah yeah and um, and you're working with someone right now building a business. 
Uh, let's talk about how you got there because you are working for a um, uh, an agricultural type position that you you were there for quite some time. Can you start oh, yeah. there and then tell yeah. us how you met the fellow you're working with now sure. and then how you got there? Okay. Um, actually, yes. So after that plant, I went for shutdown. I was there a few months. Um, actually, yeah. So I made uh, good money just to stay uh, not doing anything for a few months and think what I want to do. So I got an offer at the at spring um, to go and um, in the sales department as a sales specialist in a nursery. Um, yes, it's uh, it was Everblue Nursery. They were on the market over 25 years, very good company. And uh, they, the, but they are farmers, right? So they grow trees. They have lots of farms. They, they were huge, uh, small business, but not well known. So I never deal with trees, <laughs> but I know gardening because in my country, we used to have gardens before we were born. So <laughs> we kind of <laughs> had to know what to do with the land. So basically I can grow myself and I did before everything you can only imagine. But not banana trees because I never grow those. But <laughs> inside here is kind of hard to do. But um, the red things, basic things, all type of veggies, apples, pears. Like I know how to grow everything you eat. So I kind of was familiar. I wasn't scared to go that business. Uh, I was complicated because I had to know the size of the basket, size of the trees, uh, trees type. So then again. For immigrants, it's always the challenge, new industry, because new terminology, new product, uh, new um, uh, work, right? So, and and again, I felt like a newborn. So every time I go somewhere new, I'm a newborn because I'm an immigrant and I never use those English words. So I have to learn the name of the trees in English. I knew them on my language, but I had no clue what it is in front of me until like I had... So first year I had like, I cried. I again was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I want to go home. <laughs> like it's always happens. I have my moments, <laughs> but um, especially phone calls was challenging. Like what, what trees do they want? What? I didn't want to take the calls, but I had to. So yeah, so I was learning first year. I was working and between all those, I'm like, okay, I have no other options anyway. So I better, and my type, of people, I guess, um, we try and what well, people like me or immigrants or maybe uh, some other people, like when we do something, want to do it good. Like even if I wash the floor in the building, it will be the most clean floor. Like I don't care if it's a good job, but like I don't have those things, a like, good job, bad job. I do the job no matter what. I wash toilet, it will be the cleanest one. And I know in one year I will run that building anyway. So, <laughs> because my, my floor will be the cleanest. Somebody will notice how hard I can work. And I do that because I cannot do bad work. Uh, it's just my pride. It, uh, it's my self-respect. Like, you know, I will not sleep well if I didn't do something good. So on that job, I started to learn, right? Uh, I become more, became aggressive uh, in a good way. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something about this. So I changed a lot in the company. I brought their many uh, like ideas and uh, rebuilt their website, which helped to increase the sales and revenues and uh, customer satisfaction, of course. And, and I started to like it. So in a year and a half or so, um, 
And it was 2018. So, and after that, I was offered the position of the manager of sales and customer service, customer support. So I managed basically all Calgary locations. We had two at the moment, uh, one in Northwest Calgary, another in Springbank. I started to speak to you, landscaper, like I was there forever. They were like, so I end up in the end that I knew sometimes more than they did. <laughs> and they would listen, I would give them advice. And, wow. um, and I just started to work. And um, I remember one moment, the ca- couple came to my yard. And I love meeting people because I believe I do better sales when I do that in person. Uh, over the phone, I mastered it after two people would love talking. And, you know, I could close the deals over the phone, too. But in-person still my favorite. And uh, I remember a couple came in the yard just, I think, a couple years ago. And they were looking for a tree. But I didn't have the tree. But we started to talk. I talked to them about trees, about this, this. And in the end, they told me, like, we really don't want to go some. We really want to buy something from you. Like, and they were starting looking around. But they really <laughs> didn't have what they needed. I offered them. And I'm not afraid to offer people to go elsewhere. I recommend other businesses. Why not? I'm, I'm confident that I have good product and, you know, but if I don't have it, it doesn't mean they cannot have it at all. So I always let them know if I know other nurseries that may have it. I, they're no, we want to buy something from you. I'm like, well, sorry, I don't have anything. <laughs> so yes, I managed that company for the past few years. I'm still kind of working, but now I'm transitioning. The last year, I actually decided to change my life again. I think it's really my thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> And I'm like, I want to, I want to grow more because that position already, it's the highest um, position I can, I, I can get in the company. I need to move on and change my life again uh, and grow. I need always to grow. And uh, I started to look into tech industry, which I never thought I end up uh, uh, because I'm journalist. I don't know anything about web development, tech industry, computers and stuff like that. I always thought I'm more, you know, kind of that person who just write and talk, <laughs> loves talking. <laughs> but I started to learn web development last year. I had lo- learned like HTML, CSS, of course, JavaScript. I s- was thinking to start learning React, but something went wrong uh, three months ago. Oh. <laughs> uh, my friend... Um, reach me out and talk about his idea of business that he's built, he was building, he started to build. So his name is Dmitry and he, we were friends since 2016. And, um, because I was in agriculture, he reached me out, uh, sharing about his new idea and about his business and all plans that I was thinking I'm going to make, they changed direction. So I'm still in tech and still in agriculture, but I kind of combined that. And um, now we're building as build uh, like a company, uh, a tech company. So, and I still kind of in all those businesses. But in different way now, which I love. That's great. I mean, you're you're your crazy background of all these different things has sort of come together into into sort of like an interesting direction. So the company is called Local Eats, right? Yes. And I want you to tell us about what it's all about, because I find this really, really fascinating and, and a really, really cool idea. So 
Tell us about Local Eats. Sure. Um, so the idea of Local Eats is to connect farmers and uh, food vendors uh, with local consumers across Canada. So it's a web application. Um, people will be able to get it, of course, on um, Google Play or um, Apple Store and um, download it. Uh, and then wherever they go, based on their location where they are, our app will show them uh, all food vendors and farmers around their location. So that that means wherever you go in Canada, you become local mm-hmm. at that place. So it doesn't matter where you are from, really. You can find... Because sometimes we travel across Canada, we go to BC often, like the whole country, or... Um, to the east side, uh, east coast. And uh, people want to taste their food. It's still different, right? It's um, their own cultural uh, food they're growing. And um, some, you know, fresh tomatoes that uh, you can buy in BC earlier than Alberta. And usually I go to BC. I always come back with boxes of food from there, from local farmers. And I was thinking, okay, how we connect those th- uh, all those connections in one. And uh, people don't have to Google, scroll, ask orders, or just randomly drive around. And that's how idea came uh, to, to my partner, because uh, people tried to build this before, but actually we do not have nationwide application. We have some local apps or not none of them actually up their website mm-hmm. and they usually resell farmers food our goal not to resell we are not middlemen and we cut off all middlemen we connect them directly we want farmers to be visible we want put faces behind the product we want absolutely a hundred percent transparency we want people would know where their food came from because it's hard to trust even farm market now because we found um, that find out that about five years ago I think in Canada one of the journalists they were searching on uh, through like farm markets and they found out some people really lying and they buy food from mark marketplace like uh, let's say from Walmart berries for three ninety nine and resell it on market um, marketplace like uh, food mar- uh, market uh, farm market sorry um for like 899 oh. and people not always know the real taste i know because i grew berries i grew vegetables i know the real taste of cucumber that's actually when i moved to canada no offense i cried a year <laughs> and a half i couldn't eat your guys cucumbers here they taste like napkin <laughs> they like they like have no taste <laughs> because the real cucumber taste is juicy it's sweeter it's 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 it smells like something and i i had a hard time myself to adapt here for local food but not local food but for food from mass market so and here our idea now to bring you know we have mass market like co-op sobis and why not we do need those things for quick uh, purchases of groceries and also we have those organic stores they're super expensive and you still don't know where the food came from from where exactly some uh products don't have even labels 
So we just give another option. We don't compete with all those two markets. We want to share it and offer people um, user-friendly, like, you know, technically very advanced a platform with just the third options uh, with, uh, to have healthy locally grown food on their tables. That makes so much sense. And um, I guess one of the key things that I'll highlight in case people didn't catch it is the fact that you're trying to connect the farmer and the consumer together directly, but not get in the way. And so I know when we had a, we had a conversation down at Platform Calgary and you were telling me how, you know, you're not, you're not getting in there and, and getting involved in the shipping of product from one, from the farmer to the consumer because they already have that in place. Like they already have their own, uh, or, or like for example, you know, my wife and I buy meat from, uh, like, like beef from a local farmer in Cochrane and, um, each time they they have their uh you know our quarter cow or whatever ready um they actually bring it to our doorstep and 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 it, there's no need for um you know that middleman in the middle trying to take a little extra money off the top so if if people can buy directly from the farmer and the farmers already have all the 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 infrastructure and the and the transportation and everything figured out because they've been doing it for a long time why get in the way of that? So your application is showcasing those people and letting people know that they exist. And so if somebody wants to buy local farm eggs, then your app will tell them all the different farmers that have eggs available. And then they can worry about how to get the eggs from the farmer by talking to the farmer directly. And I think that's why you know, you're seeing some success with your solution and these, uh, the other people who have tried these sorts of things are not seeing the the great value behind it because they're just sticking more pain in the middle and you're you're just letting things work the way they normally would work and the way they've already been working you're just exposing them to more people and giving them a larger market so i love that i love that idea a lot and um and i think that uh the this is you're a you're a great person for for the be that kind of the spokesperson of this application and you know uh, having that background and that experience in agriculture and growing fruits and vegetables and stuff I mean you can really you really you really get to to know why this service needs to exist and um, I know my my wife and I um, we eat local grown produce in fact my wife grows a bunch of it herself in the backyard. And the, you're right. The taste is unbelievably different. Like, I, I mean, if you've ever taken a tomato and pulled it off the vine and then rinsed it and ate it, it you know, you it know, smells. right there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've been missing out because yeah, those those tomatoes they have in the uh, in the grocery store and stuff. I mean, they're they're plucked from the the vine when they're green and then they're stuck in crates and then shipped across. You know, from Mm -hmm. From California to Calgary or whatever, they're shipped for hours and hours in these trucks and stuff. And then they ripen along the way. And it's just not like a vine ripened tomato is just such a difference. And farm fresh eggs, my wife was just talking about how we used to buy eggs from Costco. And now that my, uh, my daughter works at the farmer's market, we've been buying some of the eggs from the local farmers at the farmer's market. And, uh, 
it's, it, you know, the, the yolks are like a deep, deep kind of yellow color. And, yeah, and it's different colors. Yeah, and yeah. And different a little smell, bit different colors. And a little bit more, more uh, fragrant and, and the flavor is so much better. Yeah, it's just, it's just so important that, and you know what? If you distribute farming around the world and, and buy local, then we can eliminate all of the trucking and shipping and logistics that have to happen to ship all this stuff from California and everywhere else. I'm, I mean, we're getting, if you go to the grocery store, you're getting stuff from Chile and Mexico and, and yeah, obviously some stuff like dragon fruit or something, or like you said, bananas. I mean, there's certain places where those grow and certain places where they don't, but the majority of fruits and vegetables and eggs and meats and stuff like that are grown locally. And I think that's, that's really the best way and the healthiest way to eat food. Yeah, that's you said it exactly what why we're doing this because first of all, um, the logistic was the big one, and I believe that's why other people who try to build similar platform fail because they try to control it. We um, had discussion with my partner, and I explained to him because I know the farming. I know I work with farmer for the past five years. With the trees, it's similar. I met food farmers too there. I was in the field. I, yeah, from fashion, like red carpet sometimes with the high heels. The day after, I was in my rubber boots and in my like military pants and I was walking through the mud. I can do the thing. So because I like it and I like talking to farmers and I know their pain. And it's a mistake to think that they just want to do what they do. They want to be out. They want to be known. and. They want to know their consumers. And if we try to figure out uh, logistic, taking it from them, they again will be no, like not visible. They again will be just somebody who grow something. People will not know their farmer. They still don't know who came. They, I don't want they would thank me for the food. I want they would thank farmer for the food. You know, because I, I I don't need that type of glory, you know, that, oh, I brought something that I didn't even grow. So, no, we want, and I, and I see, and farmers, I, we hear feedback. Farmers want to know uh, their consumer. They want to talk to them. They want to see their faces when they bring them box of the, that amazing food, you know. And people, it's, it's another option for people to go out, like enough sitting on the couch watching Netflix, take your kids, drive to the farm, pick up your food, see the animals, see the family of farmers, their kids, how they function on the farm, right? Uh, so that, that's what we want to bring. We want to bring that back. We, everything too much um you know automatic like we want we only thought about meat and it's just on our table and we still sit on the couch we want a little bit of engagement between customers and and food producers on local level and it's also the it's also social uh, socially important it's it's um it will increase jobs maybe in the future i want to believe in this because we keep farmers busy locally in each province, by the way, right? We will do it in each province. We do it in BC. We have already uh, University of British Columbia of our partners, and they, uh, they offer their facility uh, as our hub in Vancouver. They're going to bring their farm to our platform. They're supporting us. They like our idea. 
Uh, we also have people from Nova Scotia. We have farmer there. We are uh, talking to people in Ontario. In Ontario, by the way, I have more consumers who want to buy farm food. They are not happy with their farm markets. I talked to one person from Toronto and he said, I drove like two hours to farm markets from one side of the city to another and they sell in kiwi and bananas. It's not what I need from farm markets mm -hmm. on local. I don't need their kiwis and bananas of farm market. It's not real farm market event. They're waiting for our platform when we go there. Even in USA, people wrote me, they're like, when you guys will scale, come to USA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, give us some time. We try to figure out things here yet. <laughs> so, but that's important. So it's not just, we don't think on a very small level. I like to scale things. So I'm thinking long-term where, so right now we exactly know how we're going to grow the next five years. We know what we're building the next. It's not just this platform. We have two more platforms in our mind that we're going to bring to the market next couple of years. They will be phenomenal. And none of them exist yet. Oh, how exciting. And, uh, and, and uh, we're working on it. We already have potentially a business partner. So right now we're at the position where we're looking for investors. Now we start to look because our prototype is ready. Everything is ready. Everything functioning. We're finishing our platform hopefully next week. Uh, we have people who is ready to test it and help us. It's farmers and consumers. Farmers will give us feedback. We fix bugs. We fix uh, features that they don't like or like and add something. You know how it works. So we just make polish it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully by September or so, we will launch it officially and start growing uh, partners, uh, we will look for funding for sure, because that's a big one. Even if we did everything ourselves already, like it's mainly investment for basic salaries for workers, um, and, um, and marketing because the red thing we, we already have. Great. So hey. some job is done. Well, that's pretty exciting. So you're, you're very well on your way and little funding this is the point where the funding will really make a big difference and, absolutely and kick you yeah. off the ground yeah. yeah that's exciting have you been speaking to any investors yet yes um we actually <laughs> yeah i i do that a lot that's um my stronger side i believe so yeah i'm act actively now reaching people um meeting with people so it's it's not a, i'm not working toward this on the full speed yet because we still have to prevent prototype uh, to investor, they have to see what it is too. Yeah. So we, I'm a little bit uh, slowing down myself and I see, I just see how it goes, right? Mm -hmm. If I have somebody to approach, I do. If not, I'm not looking very aggressively yet. Yet. Yeah. I will do it in two weeks. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, we, uh, we, of course, apply in everywhere. I applied... Um, for some women entrepreneurs programs, I'm hoping to be invited on some uh, pitch competitions and, uh, you know, $100,000 here, $100,000 there, <laughs> never, never <laughs> bad. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, we will start raising money soon. We, we just... It will just grow very fast. We're just actually three months old. Um, wow. And we, we just registered our company not long ago, actually. And, and just, uh, I feel like I'm doing it my whole life <laughs> already. 
so so fast uh we grow so so big uh, it's it's going to it's we we speeding up too because uh farm season is is short season so we want yeah. to store we uh, that's why we're taking BC with Alberta right now to launch as the two first provinces because BC has longer farm season. But and also we have, we actually not to worry about that because we also have a food vendor that works year round. So that's idea actually of our platform to make all businesses uh, equal on our platform mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. let's say you you are and it's actually clear the way for hobby farms for new farmers for family small farm like let's say lots of people now come same from like ontario let's say and they buy here little family hobby farms and they grow just certain amount of veggies lettuce or only lettuce or only garlic for only two months what they're gonna do with that Mm -hmm. well they may sell it there maybe not but they have opportunity to show up and register themselves on our platform. It's like Amazon. It's easy. Yeah. Like, because I know farmers, they don't have time to spend half a day to register. They don't know maybe technology. Like we include that understanding in our platform to make it as simple as possible mm-hmm. and as fast as possible. And um, so, yeah. So, and that farmer... For two months, you want to sell with us? No problem. Sell just for two months. So just uh, for one season or stay there longer. We will have membership uh, subscription uh, opportunities so they can put their subscription on hold. They don't like they don't have to pay for like the time they don't work. Right, like, right. you know what I mean? We, yeah. we work with them. We don't try to uh, milk them. We don't try to steal their money or. Uh, make ourselves rich for their hard work. No, we want to connect them and make their life easier, make consumers' life easier, and find each other and do business together and help each other and get to know each other and maybe build friendship and maybe build community, maybe build new industry, maybe build new ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Because this is what it's going to be. Because it's special. Certain people who use farm food, it's it's not like you go and buy right away. It's people who has to have patience. People has to know the uh, process of making that food. It doesn't mean that that farmer, when you order cow, will go right away and kill that bull for you. No, you probably have to wait one month, probably six months, probably two weeks. So that's an important part of our business is to educate people not familiar with that process. Right. They could choose, does it work for them? Right, right, right. You know, so your platform is uh, going to have that education piece as well. To, to we have to because I find out that many city people they have no idea how it works. If they want one piece of, uh, I don't know, 300, 300 gram of cheese, uh, it, it it has to depend on farmers' uh, availability, right, at that moment. So that's why our platform will have live chat with farmers. They can ask the question directly. Not through us. We don't deal with that. We don't put any dates, any uh, due dates, no drop-off location, nothing. Farmers fill up their profile. They already put individually, each one of them, what the, the way, the style they work. Some mm. people deliver food. Some farmers deliver food. Some people have drop-off locations uh, in the city or, or around. And some only pick up. Mm-hmm. And I want... 
um, everyone, every family would find the right way for them. That was some people like only pick up. They can go out, visit farm, have fun there, bring their dog, their kids. Um, some people want only delivery. They they will have enough farmers with the same products who does everything. Yeah. Most of farmers, I started to talk to them now, they provide their delivery service across Alberta. Oh, wow. That's No great. problem. You live in Lethbridge, the farmer in Red Deer, they will deliver. Mm. Uh, you're in Edmonton, I don't know, farmer in Lethbridge, they will deliver. Mm-hmm. They d- that's what people maybe don't get. It's already happening. We just organize it in the maximum comfortable, e- easy using way yeah. uh, for both parties. That's cool. And we do not disturb that process. We help to uh, improve it. We can only help farmers in the future improve the logistic as much as we can on our end, but we are not taking it away from them. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, I love what you're doing. I think it's super, super Thank you. Um, needed. And, and, and I'm definitely going to be a customer. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate and, that. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Is there, uh, I guess, any anything that you wanted to kind of leave the audience with uh, before we end the show today? Sure. Um, I would like to say people there, immigrants, not immigrants, Canadians, anybody, because it's uh, about all of us. Always do what you love, because I never thought that I will end up with doing really what I love. I was thinking, okay, money is the most important. I just have to work, 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 provide, provide, provide. Uh, now or later, hard work pays. Um, you find your way. Be brave to try new things. Change your life. Uh, it's never late uh, in any age. We have only one life. It's like they say, we only live, um, we, we only die once. We live every day. So every day is a new opportunity, new chances. So be brave to do and try doing what you always wanted, uh, build business for sure <laughs> and eat healthy food. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I guess, uh, don't be afraid to try is, can I yes. throw that in there? <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid to try new things and go for it. Like I always, we always hear those words and not always they're really touching us. We're just like, okay, it's basic motivational thing. But it's actually not. If you start thinking about this, what you really wanted, um, maybe, maybe the answer is right there. So just go for it. Be brave to try. Think that you were afraid to try. Maybe your success is right there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you so much for being here today and, uh, and being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, and uh, can't wait to um, see you again. Ah, cheers. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, every week on Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., we drop a new episode of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast. Looking forward to hearing your feedback. And if you want to be a host, a guest, or even a sponsor of the show, Uh, please check us out at 
L-I-B-I dot C-A. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. Going beyond creating custom software solutions, NIM is dedicated to making a positive impact on society, providing opportunities for new software developers to gain real-world experience and contribute to meaningful projects. You get quality, affordable solutions at the same time you're supporting the growth and development of the next generation of skilled talent. Visit newideamachine.com for more info. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.